Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Tom McCaffrey, we are back, bro. How you doing, man? I'm good. What's up? Danny Palmer. What's up, dude? This is what? This is probably like our sixth or seventh. Danny Zip Farmer. Um, yeah. What's uh what's happening? So uh the Oscars, huh? <laughs> is that how Chris is that Rock? Your topical, your topical <laughs> foray there? Oh, the Oscars. <clears throat> Well, what was that? Oh, you know, it was only about a week ago, even though it feels like it was a long time ago. I was actually, I was watching it. I was in Dallas. In Dallas. I was out of town for a while. What were you doing in Dallas? Uh, I was visiting my sister, but first I went to Atlanta. I went to Atlanta. Yeah. Where you, where you're from. Nice, dude. And I did a couple of, of comedy shows there. Oh, where at? Um, One place was called like Vankman's or something. And, what? Uh, Vankman's? And, and, yeah, it was just like some restaurant. They did a show. It had a stage. Nice. And I think it's like a music venue. And then I did some other place. I forgot what it was called. I I, I know a couple of comedians there and they hooked me up. Did did you ever do comedy there? Yeah, I like started there and then I've done shows there like with my brother Ben since I moved to New York. But for the most, yeah, I've probably done like, I've probably done like 40, 50 shows there over time. What uh, What was the scene like when you were there? When I was there, it wasn't nearly as developed as it, as it is now. There was like, I mean, there's definitely like the Punchline and Relapse Theater, and then I think those were probably the two major venues at the time. Or maybe um, maybe the Punchline or um, the Laughing Skull was probably there too. But I, I don't. For some reason, I didn't spend a lot of time at Laughing Skull, or maybe I don't know when it opened. But I mean, I started in 2005. That's the first time I ever tried it. And then I just like was a coward for like three years, and then I moved to New York. So I didn't do much comedy before I moved here to New York. I mean, and um, yeah, it was nice. I'd never been to Atlanta. It's pretty nice. Oh, really? You never been nice? Where Where did you stay? What part of town? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I I remember them telling me where it was, but I forgot. Were you around? It was the like outside. It was like it was like kind of a suburb outside of it. Oh, that's whack, dude. You gotta stay in town, bro. <clears throat> But it wasn't far. I went to, you know, the city of it, I guess. But <laughs> You're yeah, like, whatever these it. neighborhoods are called. I didn't realize, um, you know, it's it is it is a really big city. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of traffic. Yeah, man. It's um, notorious I'm, for traffic. Like I knew it is notorious for traffic. Because, yeah. yeah, I was like, this is fucking crazy. Why? I didn't. It's that big of a city. Yeah. The 96 Olympics really kind of turned it like set it on a massive growth trajectory. And all these businesses came, like my friends all moved there after college. And then it just really became like kind of the hub of the, of the Southern business world, like the, the city too busy to hate. And then it just sprawled out because it's in the middle of a bunch of land, unlike New York, that is more compact. So like the sprawl just like took over. Um, and then it's, yeah. It's, and you, do you uh, ever think of going back there? I mean, I would like to be closer to my family, and I did have a great time there. I wasn't trying to escape Atlanta. I was having a great time. I just wanted to go to New York to try it. And now that I'm here, I'm like, this is kind of the comedy mecca, and I enjoy it. And, you know, Atlanta's a very, like, suburban, family-friendly town. There's definitely people like derelicts like myself in their 40s that are single. But for the most part, it's like families with kids. Whereas in New York, I feel like there's more of a population of people like you and I that are like, eh, I don't know if I want kids, but I want to, you know, chase something. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, not so people was, don't cool. do that, but there's a greater uh, percentage of of, the, of people that do that here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I went to Florida for like four days. And ah. then I went to Dallas. Where'd um, you go to Miami? 
well, I went to Fort Lauderdale, but I, I was my friend lives in Miami, so I, I was there for a couple of days. Nice, bro. Were you working or just like traveling and doing comedy? And I was just uh, I went to Atlanta with my girlfriend because to stay with her friends, and then um, I just went to Florida because it was right there, and I wanted to go to Florida. And then um, there's this other state that's right nearby. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, it's you know, it's nice. I want to go there. It's right there. And then uh, I went to Dallas just because my sister lives there, and so I went there for like a week. Um, and yeah, it was pretty nice. Are you yeah, and your sister cool. close? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't see her that much. She lives in Dallas, so I I go there like once a year. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. She has kids. <laughs> Yeah, she has two kids, but they're like older. Like one of them was not there, was like in Brazil. Wow. Taking like, um, you know, Taekwondo or something. Really? In Brazil? That's cool. <laughs> yeah, they kind of have these insane lives, her kids, because, you know, they're just, they're kind of spoiled, I'd say. Ah. And then the other funny. one is like uh, 16, and just, I, I saw him like three times. And I was like, hey, I'll, you know, <laughs> that thing where I was like, hey, what's up? He just wouldn't even say anything. You, Uncle Tommy isn't that weird? Isn't that, what? You're like, Uncle Tommy is here to visit. And he's like, go fuck yourself. But it's weird. It's like, I feel like that is that just a, a young person thing where like they just don't say anything bad. They don't even say like hi back. Yeah, I think they're just like, you know, why are these like adults bothering me? I feel like when I was that age and I saw adults and they said hi, I said, I feel like I said hi back. Yeah, I, I was never like that. But my dad was a teacher. So that kind of showed me that the adults in the world are similar to the people in your house. So I never, I never really treated the adults differently that I know of. I wasn't allowed to. Too. My parents were like, you better be polite. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think I, it's weird. I feel like um, I've, I've seen that. Like uh, I've, Whenever I will meet like a teenager, you know, someone who has a someone I know as a kid who's like a teenager, I'm like, hey, what's up? And they just don't say anything. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, oh, I guess they're young, but I'm also like, but I feel like I did say things. I didn't respond to people when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Maybe I did it. I, I'm pretty sure I did, though. I should think if I was ever surly. No, I was always pretty nice. Not even it's. I don't even think it's surly. I think it's just like they're just like, I don't know. Like they're like, oh, I don't know what to say. I'm not going to. I don't feel like saying anything. That's interesting. I wonder if kids in the 90s were more social and gregarious than kids today because of the greater preponderance of technology. I mean, maybe it might have something to do with it, but uh, yeah, definitely. I had it like a few years ago with someone who like, you know, my, my sister's daughter had friends over and they were like in eighth or ninth grade. And I was like, hey, and they were just didn't say anything. And I was like, <laughs> oh. And I was like, I guess they're pretty young. Frosty, but... frosted blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird, but uh there's this witty dude trying to hit up. But anyway, I didn't I barely I saw him like three times and then uh yeah. But the Oscars, yeah. <laughs> Weren't you in Hawaii too? No, you only go to Hawaii over Christmas, right? Yeah, I was in Hawaii over Christmas. Yeah, uh, that's right. So yeah. I got a lot of shit going on. <laughs> um but yeah, do you want to talk about the Oscars? I know it was like a sure. week ago. Or the Grammys? Or I Did didn't you... really watch the Grammys. I only watched a little bit of it. I watched Olivia Rodrigo's acceptance speech. Dude, that was excellent. It was short, sincere, like well delivered, poised. It, and she just and then she just got off stage. It was excellent. I was like, How that was probably was the best acceptance speech I've ever seen. 
Really? I yeah. saw it. I, it didn't really make an impression on me. Really? I was like, I, that was really good. What did she why? like? What did she do? I can't remember. But she was just, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what she said, but I mean, she said all the right things about, oh, I know. She's talking about like when she was a little girl, she wanted to um, be an astronaut. And then she also wanted to win a Grammy. And she thought that was just a pipe dream of a little kid. Um, I mean, little kid. How old is she now? Like 15? I, isn't she like 18 or 19 or something? Oh, is she? I think so. She told her mom that she's like going to win a Grammy. They're like, oh, I've dreamed of this ever since I was a kid. I'm like, <laughs> so like four months ago? Right. Like when Billie <laughs> Eilish won Best Album and Best Record, I think, in the same. She was like, backstage, won Best Record, I think, which is song, and then won Best Album and went back out on stage. Just won both of the biggest things back to back. Yeah, that's kind of like why 19. I don't like watching the Grammys, because it's just a bunch of like 18-year-olds who are like... <laughs> <laughs> killing it i don't want to see a bunch of 18 year olds who just her lives are like so great um fuck these his music skews young i think yeah totally so you're more of a daughtry guy me yeah um no you're more of a daughtry guy do you like country at all it's oh he's country um uh, you know what i i don't I don't like it, but I don't like hate it. I think I used to be like, oh, it sucks. But now, I mean, I think country has become more like just regular music, hasn't it? It's just kind of like mainstream yeah. and poppy. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I watched a little bit of it. I, the Grammys are probably a better, you know, setup than the the Oscars and more award shows because it's like they're playing music the whole time. So it's kind of like a show. It's like a concert. But I think I watched it a little bit and like the categories I watched, I didn't know who any of the people were that they were like nominating. Yeah. I knew like three of the people and then I was like, I know like, the like, biggest so song in the world. And I'm like, I've never heard that. Which one? Well, they'd be like song of the year. And I'd be like, I've yeah. never heard that song. And that was happening a lot. I didn't understand that Silk Sonic is Bruno. First of all, I hadn't heard the name Silk Sonic. I didn't realize it was Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. I think I like him. I like both of them, but I didn't realize that they had formed a band. And then I listened to their album and it sucked. I don't like our slow R and B shit, man. It's just like is what? he? Oh, the, uh, Anderson Pack was the guy with the weird wig on. Yeah, he was. I think he was like smoking on stage, and he's like, "We're gonna get drunk." Yeah, I like that um, part. He's like, we're about to get drunk. Just I guess I didn't watch a lot of it. I think I turned it up. The Oscars, I you know, it's funny because I wasn't planning on watching the Oscars because uh, I just didn't really want to watch it, and because it's usually so boring. And um, and so I watched the beginning, and then I left the room for like forty minutes, and I was like, well, what else am I gonna do? Like, I'll just watch it, and then like twenty minutes later, you know, the big moment happened. You know, where they gave away the award for sound effects editing. <laughs> did you see the opening monologue i only saw like i think after that i didn't see the the very very intro yeah they open when they the three of them yeah like it, it was pretty good. That. they were they were good okay uh, you yeah. know and then amy schumer kind of did her own they each did their own kind of monologue she she was good i thought she okay. was actually really a good host for it yeah i agree i saw her, her monologue it was really good I think it's better when it's a woman because when they shit on people, like it's easier for a woman to shit on people. I think. Oh yeah, and it's get away with it, true. you know. Um, so I mean, like I know everyone's covered it, but I did you did you watch the thing happen live? The punch in the face. No, I was um in fight eye. Um. Okay. What, do I was what? just I was hanging out with a girl downtown. I went. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love I, like, no, I was in Fide Eye. <laughs> I don't know how to like 
<laughs> like what's too personal for a podcast? It doesn't really matter, I guess. But. No. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm glad I saw it live because it was a moment of like, you know, you know, having that moment in real time of like, what, instead of hearing about it later and then looking it up, it was like, what the hell? Is, what is this? What like, just happened? Because. I, you know, obviously, I think like most people, when he when I when the guy first when Will Smith first went up to him at stage, I didn't know it was Will Smith. I thought it was a set up bit with someone else, not Will Smith. I thought it was like some random guy in on the act. And then he hit him and I was like, well, uh, that's 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 weird. I guess it was like a joke thing. And then, but then I knew it wasn't a joke because it went silent. Like uh, it went mute for like so long. I was like, "Wow, this is really mute for a long time." And Chris Rock looks kind of like exasperated and kind of stunned. So something, and then they showed Will Smith, and he was like, "You know, you couldn't hear him, but he was screaming, and he looked really mad." Um, I, you know, what I'm saying, I bet if Will Smith hadn't screamed those things, they could have played it off as a, as it was a, a joke. Right. I think he wanted people to know that he wasn't playing. <laughs> I know, but it's like furious. He's furious. I know. I mean, it's fucking insane, though. Like, clearly, some some there's something going on there, and like, it's just it's it's amazing that of all people, it was him because he seems someone that's so like deliberate about his you know persona and image in the world that to have that kind of meltdown in public is such an odd, the complete opposite of what he's been, you know co-opting or whatever like putting out there for so long like such a he's taken so many deliberate steps in his career to get to where he is and it's just amazing to watch someone literally destroy it in like five seconds right did did you see the (laughs) advice that denzel washington gave to him right after that happened like the guy's a genius he said like be careful at your highest moment that's when the devil comes yeah what a fucking perfectly brilliant thing to say on the spot that's crazy. I, I do think that's true, but the, him saying "be careful," it's like, but what do you mean, "be careful"? It's, it's over here. The devil already came and left. <laughs> He's just saying, don't don't do other bad things like that. Well, I mean, like uh, you know, don't punch anyone else in the face tonight. Yeah. Um, but it's true that actually is a really you know, you know I, I when I when it happened, I kind of likened it. It seemed similar to when uh, Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ears. Oh yeah. How so? It kind of reminded me of that. Remember, because that was such like a shocking, striking public thing. action and like crazy, like someone having a meltdown in public. Um, so yeah, that was. Uh, I still. I mean, I've gotten a little more used to it, but at the time, I mean, I was you know obsessed with it for like three days because it 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 it, it, it kind of fascinates me because it is a pop culture moment that for some reason has resonated and stayed, you know, it, it really has been a very big event. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was completely crazy. It was just the last thing you would expect to happen. Like these At the Oscars stars of all just places. One hit one? <laughs> like, I know you're mad, but it's like just, the, you, you know, you've, you've lost yourself so much that you're like, okay, I'm at the Oscars. It's live TV. This is like the biggest moment of my career that I've worked for for 30 years. Like, um. Marine, I was reading Marine Dowd's column on it. I haven't finished it yet, but she she's so smart. She had the she goes, what happened was Will Smith's publicist came over to him and was like, she doesn't know what, what she advised him, but probably was like, well, this is good for your career too, so don't do anything. 
But Maureen Dowd said what should have happened is the president of the Academy should have came over to Will Smith and said, hey, can we uh, just talk backstage for a few minutes? And then when they got backstage, they should have had security escort him from the building. So he wasn't humiliated in the room in front of everybody, but he was removed from the premises without. Oh, uh, yeah. Altica- I was like, a- wow, that's really smart. And it's like, well, or- how could they think of that on the spot? But like, if you're the president of the Academy and you should probably like have some sort of contingency plans in place for insane shit, right? Like, I guess you just never think that like someone's going to like assault someone. You, you know what? You know what I think it is. The, one of the big things is why it happened is obviously because Will Smith had like some, some kind of meltdown and I, obviously there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, and obviously like they, they, he, they, they have some weird thing with Chris Rock that precedes this. And I think like when Chris Rock came out, him and Jada were like anticipating him going after them because there's so many things. Everyone's going been going after them for like two years about their relationship, the open relationship. So I think that they were kind of like strapped in, like, oh, he's gonna make a fucking comment. I think Will Smith was already jacked up and was like, if he fucking goes there, I don't know. I'm not responsible for what I do. So I think I don't think it was just. And then he didn't like, go there. <laughs> <clears throat> what? And then he didn't go. He there. didn't, but he did go. You know, he did say something, and I think it just. But also, this was the first. I guess last year was the first Oscars where they changed the setup of it because it was always like in kind of like a grander. It was always in like a theater, and and everyone was like in auditorium seating, so it seemed more like. Um, it seemed more like the Emmys. Well, because the way they did it this year is they did it more like the Golden Globes because, you know, the Golden Globes was always like they're all just a table sitting like drinking. It was a lot more informal, the the, the Golden Globes. So the Oscars last year and this year, they, I guess because of COVID last year is um, they did it where there it was a lot more informal, where there wasn't much of a um, threshold between the people in the audience and the people on stage. Cause they were all just sitting at tables, kind of like dinner tables. So I think if they had had it the way it was kind of like um, more formal, how the Oscars usually were, where everyone was in like auditorium seats, I don't think it would have happened. I don't think he would have felt comfortable enough. And he might've been in like the second row and how it usually was. And it, you know how hard it would have been to get up, out of the second row and like get out and go up like this way. Literally. He was like, he was literally like 10 feet away from Chris rock with like nothing in his way. No obsession. Yeah. So, cause he was a favorite for best actor and they want them to sit close to the stage. Right. Yeah. But it, it was just, it was like the, the inf- informality of it is what kind of like caused it to happen. I think, I think there were a lot of things like he oddly felt comfortable enough to just get up and, and who knows, maybe he got up and wasn't as mad at first, but then as he got closer and he was on stage, he was like, fuck, I'm up here. I have to do something. You know, well, what was he going to do if he wasn't going to hit him? Just have a have a stern chat while the cameras are running? Well, I mean, I think maybe and I think that's what Chris Rock thought, because like when he was coming up, to him, I think he thought it was kind of in good fun. Like he was going to kind of come up and like maybe say something to him like, you know, hey, watch your mouth or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He didn't or like maybe that. like punch him in the arm or something. Yeah, Which is yeah, what he yeah. should have done in that, but I guess he'd already lost it. But he, if he had any sense, once he got up there, it was like, "This is crazy." He should have just been like, punched him hard in the arm as like a joke, kind of, you know, yeah. like, hey, buddy, like watch it, express the sentiment, but don't assault. Yeah, right. Don't fucking slap the guy in the face. So, and then he yeah. just lost his mind when he got back to the fucking 
Um, I think what also made him look bad, we don't have to talk about it too much longer, but yeah, what also really made it look the really bad look was him partying right after it. Like they have footage of him like dancing around to getting jiggy with it. Like, right. Like it's just like, dude, what? <laughs> like you're going to pretend like that. I also love he, how he did it and then just went and sat down. Like, you're like, okay, cool. Proceed with the show. Like, yeah. Continue on. Dude, I'm go done. to the bathroom for a few minutes. Like, what do you. I think he was trying to come across as like a poised badass. Like, I'm going to. F- oh, there's a problem. I'm going to fix problem. I'm going to fix my belt and sit right back down. Problem solved. Like, trying to be like a tough guy, you know? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, but it's weird. Why did he pick a, like his 50s to become a tough guy? If he was going to be a tough guy, like he was a rapper when he was 20. Like that's when you're supposed to be a tough guy. Like it's like weird. Like he did it the opposite of most rappers. Like if you look at like NWA and all them, it's like they were all tough when they were 20. And now they're like 50 and they're like, oh, I'm not tough anymore. I'm, I'm an old man. Now he's like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to get tough. Like, well. No, dude, this isn't t- how when you get tough. <laughs> right. That ship sailed. I didn't like what Tiffany Haddish said that, you know, it's nice to see a man standing up for his woman. It's like, you're a comedian. Do you want people to hit you if you say something untoward towards someone's spouse? Like, come on. Yeah, people. Like, it was weird too. How a lot of here. What? Yeah, it was weird how a lot of people took his side, but I think it was more political. Like people don't want to piss him off. Like they want to stay friends with him, but um yeah that was tiffany haddish yeah like the thing about it is like it was really crazy and and bad in the when it happened but as time has gone on it's aged really poorly you know what i mean like even just the comments supporting it are bad but yeah what did you think of that all right that's the part like people would be like well now comedians are like scared because this sets a precedent but it's like come on like no that was that was an obviously an aberration yeah. Have you, you ever had that? Have you ever gotten close to someone getting up and attacking you on stage? No. The only thing that's happened that's might be somewhat similar is I was I did a show at New York Comedy Club and there's a father and a mother and then two kids. The kids were probably like early teens, maybe. And I don't know, I was like three or four years into comedy. I don't have like, you know, a half hour of clean. I don't I just have the jokes that I have and it was like a pretty full room and so I was being somewhat vulgar. It wasn't, I mean, I wasn't like being filthy. I was just doing my jokes that are, you know, it's not terrible. And then the yeah, dad just, just stood up. Bit. Huh? Your fisting bit. Yeah. I was in all that shit. <laughs> and then the dad stands up and he, he made a scene. He made a scene in front of the room intentionally. And he pointed to the wife and he pointed to the kids and he goes out now and marched them out of the room. Obviously disrupting my set and the show. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do. This guy's obviously very mad at me. And then when they left the room, I was like, uh, I don't know. Sorry. Why'd you bring your kids to a New York comedy club? Like, what did you expect? And then the crowd like clapped to like support me. And then they yeah. then they complained at the front on the way out. They're like, that comedian was dirty in front of my kids. Like, 
What? This isn't Branson, Missouri, motherfucker. You brought how your kids to a the New ki- York comedy the- club. What do you think was going to happen? How old were the kids? I I mean I can't remember that clearly. I would say they were probably like at least like thirteen to fifteen range. They were like little kids. They were like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure they heard worse shit from their friends. It's also weird bringing like a thirteen your kids to a comedy show. Like, why yeah. would you even do that? Go see the Lion King or the Zillion Bubbles show. Like, don't stand up as. <laughs> unregulated it's an unregulated art form in terms of the content right you should that's what i was saying stand-up is worse than a rated r movie a rated r movie has standards that it has to do adhere to stand-up has no standards that it has to adhere to yeah that's but you know the only good thing about that is like at least they left i feel like a lot of people True. get mad and then they just stay he could have just that's sat like a weird... and been disruptive at least right which is i think usually what happens like people get mad and they yell at you and they, about how mad they are and you're just like well i mean then leave i mean <laughs> but no i've never i haven't i i've heard of people going on stage it does happen you know people that and and whenever i hear of that it's like crazy it's like what are you doing like you're going on stage like what are you what are you gonna do? You're gonna beat up the comic? Yeah, that's exactly what they're gonna do. <laughs> but they usually don't. They usually there's actually a really famous clip you can find it online of a guy who's like a guitar comic, and some guys heckling him, and then like he's like the guy with the guitar is like, oh yeah, motherfucker, yeah, well get on up here, and the guy like it it like I guess goes to him on the stage and he takes his guitar and like hits him over the head, Jeez. and um. The audience gets really mad at him, like because I guess because he just hit a guy over the head with his he guitar. Used the yeah, and I think like um, and he gets off stage, and and I think I saw an interview with him later. He said it, like ruined his career. It's, Damn, not that he was like really fucking on fire with his guitar comedy, right? <laughs> well, you know our friend Ben Demarco, Benny D, he's been on the pod before. He was at a show somewhere, and I want to think like, maybe it was Portland or Montana or something. And this guy just got up on stage and like put his arm around him and sucker punched him like a vicious hit that like messed up his teeth and he had to get surgery and like yeah just, I, I actually I heard about nowhere. that I remember hearing about it. and I think it's on video yeah it is it's I've I we he sent it to our little you know group chat recently because after the the Oscars I was like remember that shit Benny and it, dude it's like a vicious punch man how bad is how how bad does it look it's about as bad as you can get dude it's like if you're right if it's like me putting my arm around you and then just jacking you in the face Pretty much as hard why, as like why does like the guy sucker punch from one foot away? Is the guy he's mad about something or what? Yeah, I for, I don't know. I forget the backstory, but that's fucking crazy. Did, did he sue the guy? I think he did, right? Did he may have? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll that's fucking crazy. Yeah, has he ever said anything about that? Like that he it it it's made him like um a little more hesitant or kind of like reticent on stage or for a little while was, did he have some PTSD from it? Like, I feel like I'd be freaked out by that. Yeah. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean, he still does this antics of like taking the mic and putting it in front of the speaker to make whale sounds. So I don't think he's, yeah, no, I mean, now he seems fine, but like, yeah, yeah, I wonder yeah. if but like, um, right after. Yeah. That would like, you know, traumatize me a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I haven't had that knock on wood, but I've had like, People get just get really mad at me, you know. In the audience, yeah, yeah. Like what? Oh, yeah. You can you can be a little confrontational sometimes, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I try not to be, but yeah, I've had times where, like, I you know what? I've actually gone. I've I, I've left stage to go and confront people. 
So I've actually done the opposite. Um, I did that once I got really mad and the guy was being real dick and like antagonizing me and provoking me. And I, um, <clears throat> I got off stage. I, I, I told him I was going to go fight him. Like, right. How did then. it start? Um, for, it was, first of all, it was like, an, it was an open mic. This was like when I first moved back to New York city, I, I was like 2002 and I was doing like, it, it was like a shitty open mic in a basement. There was like no one there. And it was like, you had to pay for it. You know, it was like an open mic I had to pay yeah. for. So it was already like insult to injury. And, um, it was like a guy and a girl and they were like in the back and they were talking the whole time. And um, I think I just refer. I, I think I said to one of them like, "Oh, hey, what are, you, what are you guys talking about? That's so interesting, or something." And they just kind of like ignored me and kept talking. And then the girl said something really mean. She's oh, she said, um, "I feel sorry for you," but she said it in like the worst, meanest tone. Like you're just pathetic. Mo- yeah, exactly. And um, I was like, "Oh, um, <clears throat> why?" And she was like, "Because you're not funny." And I was like, and I had been up there, like, I think I told like one joke and I kind of tried to keep going with it. And the guy started talking to her and they started talking loudly again. And then uh, he was like, yeah, you're not funny or something like that. And I was like, well, who I, and I, I wasn't being a jerk. I, I tried to hold it together. And I was like, well, who are you guys? Why did you come here? And they wouldn't, they started ignoring me, which made it like worse, you know? They weren't comics. They were just audience members. No, they were just there, which is, first of all, it's like, how, who's more pathetic? Like you're at a fucking <laughs> open mic just as the, for an audience as yeah. the audience or like a comedian who's there to pay to do sh- a show. Um, and so they had already ruined it by just with their comments. And I just kind of had had it. And I was like, are you just going to ignore me? And the guy kept ignoring me. And I was like, well, I go, well, you know, let me ask you this. If you know, if you're not going to answer me. I was like, when I get off stage, can I fight you? Oh shit, dude! Yeah, yeah, and you escalated and I'm not, it. What? You escalated it. I did, but it was bad. Like it was bad. They they had provoked me and were. I mean, so what? Yeah. This is what happened. So like, I had the moment of like, okay, I'm up here. These people, I've paid money to do this. It's horrible. These people have like insulted me, you know, numerous times to my face and been extremely disrespectful. I'm like, I'm not at a real comedy show. This is a shitty open mic. This guy literally is 10 feet away from me and yelling insults at me. If we were just in life at a bar and he was saying these things to me, I would go fight the guy. But for some reason, because I'm like on a stage, he thinks it's like makes him safe to like, you know I mean? That that's going to like uh, protect him from me doing anything. And I was like, it kind of made me realize like, Oh, I can go right now and hit this guy. Like there's nothing stopping me. And um, there's no fifth wall. It's just, I think um, I wasn't really going to do Well, First of all, I'm not like a tough guy or anything, but I've had moments in my life where I don't know if you've had this where like I've just like been pushed so far and provoked where I just like something in me takes over and I'm not in. And I, I get, this is interesting because I think this is what happened to Will Smith because I had a moment of like, oh, something in me was like, I'll take it from here. You know what I mean? Like, and I've had this like five times in my life where like I don't like to fight. I'm not like a tough guy, but five times in my life when people have pushed me so far 
something happens in my mind where I'm like, I don't care who this guy is or if he's bigger than me. I am so mad right now. I will. I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of this person. Like it's like a, a, a primal thing happens. And that's what happened in that moment. And like, it, I wasn't me. I had like lost who I was. And, um, that's a good way to put it. I walked over and I was so fucking mad. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but like, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever's going to happen. And the guy like wouldn't look at me. And then the great thing is people started grabbing me and pulling me back. So it made me look even tougher. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hold yeah. me back. Hold me back. If these people weren't here, man, shit would be going down. But I could tell the people in the room were like, oh, yeah. Like they could tell. And then later someone was like a friend of mine was like, I could just see in your eyes like something had like snapped. And I was like, yeah. And um, I, yeah, I guarantee that's what happened to him. He like, but it just on a national on a much bigger scale. When you said, what if I come up, fight you after my set or whatever? Did he respond to that? No, he did it. I go, uh, I go, can I ask you this? Like when I get off stage, can I fight you? And he, and he ignored me and I go, okay, cool. I go, I'm going to wrap this up and I, I'm going to go fight this guy right now. <laughs> I said, I said that. <laughs> That's it for me. I'm going to go get in a fight. You guys have yeah, I go, I'm going to go fight this guy right now. And then um, he still wouldn't look up. <laughs> Enjoy the show. What? Well, it Enjoy was, the show. There's like, a fist it, fight in the back. But it wasn't like a good show. <laughs> and the other thing that annoyed me is like, it wasn't a good show, but it was like, they were just screaming. They were just saying insults to me over and over. And like, there was a guy who was like running the show and I'm like, go fucking like, tell them to stop doing that. That's the thing I hate about comedy is like, and even in the Oscars, it was like, there was no security at the Oscars right. to stop. If there's no bouncer being beaten up, like, and there were no reaper. I mean, I feel like that spoke volumes about how comedians are looked at in society. It's like, we're just looked at as like nothing. Like it's like, well, what are we gonna do? Like make the guy leave? Like he's like a really famous actor, you know? It's like right, he just assaulted. So that's why I, what you're saying about Tiffany Haddish is funny because I feel like every comedian was like appalled by it and clearly on Chris Rock's side, you know, because we know how hard it is, and it's like it's showing you that no one is immune from it at any level you know what i mean a comedian right. the oscars the biggest most respected comedian in the world the oscars is still you know being threatened and attacked by people and no repercussions for the person right because there's there's a a verbal venom and edge to some stand-up material you know and then if you can't handle that and there's not security then and also, I was thinking maybe Tiffany Haddish, maybe that wasn't her complete thoughts on it. Like, maybe she has more thoughts on it than I, than that quote indicated. You know, I could see if you sat down with her, like, if we talked to her for an hour and a half, I'm sure she would articulate a much broader view of the situation. Yeah. But that was just a snippet that I happened to read. And I was like, what? But who knows? Maybe well, I remember I saw her in an interview right after, and she was like, sometimes you have to be disciplined or something. I was like, wow. Who has to be disciplined? <laughs> Chris Rock, I guess, because you know he said something, but I'm like, what you, it's not his fucking kid. Yeah, right. I it's just you know I get it being mad and like you know something you know getting to you, but you also like part of you is like you're at the Oscars, like you're up for best actor, you're favored, <laughs> and then like he goes up and starts crying, you know, and I'm like, why are you crying? Like you know, Chris Rock is the one who should be crying. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Rock didn't cry at all. You're up there. That's why I thought it was funny about the Oscars and award shows. Like the winners are always crying. It's like the losers are the ones who should be crying. 
Did you see uh, Michael Che's comments on it on Weekend Update? Yeah, I watched Weekend Update. What did, what did he say? I don't remember I like that. what he, he said. He was like, don't project your insecurities onto the comics material. He's like, that's like a comics. That's like me making a joke about it being cold outside and you saying that I'm making fun of you for having a little dick. Like your insecurities. Oh, should, I don't remember him your saying Your response oh, to I... my material is based on your insecurities. That's not part of my material. Your insecurities are your own thing. That's not part of my act. Yeah, clearly. I mean, you've probably been reading about this too. They've been getting so much shit for year for like last two years because of their relationship. I think like, yeah, you know, he, you know, it's funny. Is this made me more interested in Will Smith again that I had? I mean, like, I always kind of liked Will Smith, but I started digging into his. I was like, yeah, Will Smith was a pretty interesting public figure. You know, like from where he started to what where he went. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's kind of been an amazing trajectory. He was just like this goofy rapper guy who was kind of funny. And then um, he became the biggest movie star in the world. I mean, that's insane. You know, and then he won an Oscar. Um, So I listened to his, I'm listening to his autobiography. Will. That's cool. And it's funny because he talks a lot about feeling like a coward his whole life and feeling like he couldn't protect women in his life. Okay. Well, now, now say, this is at least a little, a little right. It's it. It really gives a lot of insight into it because he literally is like, I always felt like a coward growing up, and then like his dad used to beat his mom. I guess and he always said he he always felt bad that he didn't. He just stood there and watched as his dad did that, and he never protected her. Oh, well, which I understand, but it's really like, but so stuff, huh? you know, it's a weird place to start being <laughs> brave. Yeah. You know, at the Oscars, exactly. I got I got two topics that aren't Will Smith and Chris Rock. Okay. First is Brad, slightly related DJ to DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Um uh Bruce Willis. Did you hear about his diagnosis of aphasia? Yeah, yeah. That's uh that's I mean, yeah, it's sad. It's kind of like not but it's like a bummer. It's like, oh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. I mean, because he was like a, such an icon of our light lives, you know? And it's like He's not dead, but it's like he's not going to be able to function anymore or something. What does that mean? Does it mean he's just he can't he, he he's lost cognitive skill? Yeah, I think it, it sounds similar to Alzheimer's. I mean, I, I don't have a great recall of it, but it's something huh, huh. it's like something like it interferes with your ability to cognate. Is that the word to think and and to express your ideas verbally? So you can't act well with you have that, obviously, I would. Yeah, think. I don't know. And they were saying that for years he was like accidentally shooting guns on sets or something. Really? Are you yeah, the, the last yet? like few years when it was affecting him, he had a few moments of like some Alec Baldwin moments of like shooting guns accidentally on sets. Oh my god! Yeah. And it's like, dude, why are you still having movie giving this guy guns when you know he can't like think anymore? Did they, when, <laughs> think maybe he hit his diagnosis from the producers and the director. I feel like I read I read some article where like people were aware of it. You know, it's funny. Remember they had the roast for him like four years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. A friend of mine uh, worked on that, and he told me afterwards that when he met with Bruce Willis, like to go over jokes, that he he that he said that Bruce Willis seemed really out of it and not able he he didn't think bruce willis would be able to get through the roast he was like because he seemed to cognitively be deficient 
That's even tragic. back then i was like wow and i remember being like when he said that i didn't say this but i was like yeah whatever i don't believe it but um now i'm like oh yeah apparently he was and it, i rewatched that roast and bruce willis does talk at the end and he looks very uh like he's struggling a little bit to to get the words out oh that sucks that doesn't seem like a very good condition to be in to receive a roast or maybe it's better if you can't understand what's going on yeah or like take part in the roast yeah well i'm just i'm looking forward to the uh jada pinkett roast <laughs> yeah i doubt that's gonna time soon. <laughs> that's gonna be really really chill she doesn't seem like the person kind of person that would enjoy a roast well no i mean it, i think <laughs> will's not gonna have a good good time there no, not at all i was saying a jada pinkett roast if i had to do it now would be like will smith is in the front row i'd be like so another thing about jada pinkett she's really smart <laughs> and good at acting everybody's tense and you just say like mildly polite compliments things. yeah um but yeah well, what was he so yeah. Bruce, did you did you like bruce Willis? i i, I yeah. always kind of liked 100 percent. i like him a lot i i watched die hard again over christmas this past year and oh my god it's so good dude ho 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 now i have a machine gun <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah it's a <laughs> Actually, that that was the movie that like kind of made him made him a movie star yeah I love how it starts with just this like quiet, calm scene at like airport security just says die hard in the scene on the screen, very like subtly. And it's just like this movie is like an insane explosion fest of mayhem. And it just starts with this soft, subtle. I love that. I love little things like that. It also kind of like it, it, it kind of, um, sp- you know, started kicked off like a, a genre almost or a type of action movie like all so many action movies after that were like a total like copy of that movie yeah makes sense you don't it's weird like Like just like i feel like every movie after that was like it's die hard on a boat it's die hard um in a plane um yeah die hard on a bus so like um you know, and Bruce Willis, I don't, you know, I think you're a little younger than me, but do you remember when Bruce Willis, you probably don't remember, because remember when he w- was on Moonlighting? Yeah, I was just reading an article about him today, and they were talking about that. He was, you know, what was interesting about him is, like, I think I was like 13 when that came on, and he was like, I've this happens, or used to happen more, where like, uh, someone would show up in pop culture, like in TV or something, and they were like immediately a star like bruce willis it was like bruce willis wasn't around and then one day bruce willis was on moonlighting and moonlighting had just started and he was like already like a a star like it it was weird like immediately everyone like reacted to him as like he had such a strong persona you know what i mean and then he immediately and this was back in the 80s when being going from tv to movies was like impossible you couldn't they were so separate it was like to make the jump from tv to movies was like you couldn't do it so he was one of the first people that did that successfully so oh was die hard after moonlighting oh yeah i think it was Hard. yeah i think it was i think moonlighting was still on like he 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 was able to pull it off in a way where like moonlighting was still on and he was in this huge movie oh george clooney pulled that off too with er and then uh was it Ocean's Eleven the first one he did? No, I forget. He, of- no, he did it. Yeah, too. He he was yeah. able to do it. He was one. Johnny Depp did it. Oh, right. What's eating Gilbert Grape? 
Well, he, you know, he's on 21 Jump Street, and then he did like Edward Scissorhands. And then uh, what's okay. his face? Michael J. Fox did it too. Oh, yeah. Eddie well, Murphy. The secret, of my success, the secret of my success. That was his big. Well, movie. it was Back to the Future. It was, he was on oh, Family Ties, and then Back to the Future came out. Duh. And then Eddie Murphy was on SNL, and then 48 Hours came out. So, like, it's, it's, it hasn't been. Now it's like the opposite. Now, like, people can just do, like, movies are almost the shittier medium now you know what i mean yeah that's um, almost like what it's almost like what i feel like doing movies is almost like worse than doing like like tv things at this point like it's like uh you're in a movie uh, like being in a movie isn't automatically a great thing anymore you know what i mean there's a lot of bad movies so did you see coda but speaking of movies yeah, I watched it the night before the Oscars, and I, I I really liked it, and I and I thought it would win after I saw it. Is it really good? I thought it was really good, and I remember I, I watching. Watch it. I'd seen like it's just it's a really it's a really well done movie, and it's like it it's really well acted. It's it's a cool story. Uh, it's it's sad and like touching, and um, I was glad it won every award it was nominated for. I need to watch. Did you watch Belfast? No, that looks really boring. That just no, it's pretty good, boring. man. It's good. It I watched. I watched it on the plane on the way out to Denver, but then I, I, I didn't get to finish the last fifteen minutes of it. It's so annoying, but it, it's really good. Uh, highly worth watching. Really goes into the like you know inner dynamics of the the troubles in Northern Ireland in the sixties, I guess it was, and how like you know kind yeah. of street by street neighborhood. That just neighborhood sound, I mean, like I'm sure it's good, but that just make. sounds boring. Yeah, yeah, but they do a really good the job. The troubles in Ireland in the sixties. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure it's good, but I have no interest in that. But I you're right. You it's what I know what you mean. I didn't either. But then, as the story unfolds, it's like, oh, you see, like the the kind of like narrow horror, the individual decision making and trauma, house by house of, oh, what if your neighbors just start to hate you and come try to kill you? Then what? Fuck. Yeah, what what about did you see Power of the Dog? Yeah, I like I like that a lot. Oh, we talked about that. I don't I oh, don't yeah. I can't I, I that's my new Ambien. Um <laughs> I've tried I I've tried to watch it twice and like 20 minutes in I fall asleep. Why don't you go watch Lethal Weapon 6 you Neanderthal? <laughs> well, I would but they didn't make that. <laughs> Wait, um, so the Bruce Willis article that I read... No, if you don't like Power of the Dog, then Lethal Weapon 6 is the, is the uh, next. That's right. I tell people that Zach McGovern won't watch any movie unless robots are shooting lasers. <laughs> well, he tried to watch true. Godfather, but no lasers the whole time. Yeah, he must have been pissed. <laughs> the, the, he, he, he can only watch like five movies. <laughs> yeah. The um, Transformers are angry. I just ate a piece of candy. Does He has no... like. Uh, he, he he doesn't have very high taste for movies. I I would argue no. <laughs> um, I do. I mean, he, like, he likes some good movies. What I like I like boring good movies. Like Power of the Dog just is so boring. I can't. I just love Pearson even... Dunst, so I buy into whatever she picks. So like, why do you like her out. so much? Huh? Why her? What what about her? So I never understood the what was so great about her. I don't think she's bad. I just I'm not like, oh, my I don't like I don't feel like she electrifies the screen. <laughs> I just I think she does. I love I love the scripts that she picks. Like Melancholia is just like such an insane movie. And I like she's very good at portraying kind of like Spider-Man three sad warmth, like sad intimacy. And 
I don't know, man. She's she's not one of those over. She doesn't overact. She underacts, and I, I I like that style. Yeah, no, she's good. Um, I don't know that she. Do you remember? Did you do you remember on the Oscars? People got mad about that too. That the, the bit that Amy Schumer did. I with her. Bit, I don't remember. She did a bit where she was like, she acted like Kirsten Dunst was a seat filler and was like, okay, get out of here. And then started hitting on her husband, that, that guy from power of the dog. Oh yeah. And then Jesse the guy, the guy was like, that's Clemens my wife. Yeah. And that's why I think she was like, you're married to that seat filler. People got mad at that. They she were was like, saying that's the, so dis- what? Sorry. So you're saying the Kirsten Dunst was a seat filler. She, yeah, she, the bit was like Jesse. You know, people don't know, but we, there's people who are professional seat fillers, like like this woman. You know, like, uh, like okay, cool. I'm gonna get you know get up. But you 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 go fill another seat, and then she starts. Oh, that's on. fine. Well, I was know. Like offended. I'm sure they ran it by her beforehand. No, they were in on it. It was yeah, so. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, if Kirsten Dunst is not offended, then it's not offensive. <laughs> also, like the fact that you even bring that up after what happened on that show. <laughs> yeah. She just had a baby recently, like in the past year. Oh, really? I love her, man. I read this interview with her. Yeah, I, I really like her. Like, and also, um, the beloved. Did you see that? The yeah, Sofia Coppola movie, dude. She that killed was pretty it. funny. <laughs> um, yeah. They, did you like that movie? You know, it's a remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Did, did you ever see the original Clint Eastwood? No. Is it good? Yeah, it's I, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's the exact same movie. I that's why, like, when I saw the remake, I was like, she didn't really do any. I feel like the problem I have is is like, there's kind of like a big thing that happens at the end, but they tell the audience beforehand what what's happening. So, like, do you know what I mean? There's no reveal. Yeah, do you know what I mean when they like poison him? Oh yeah, yeah. They like tell you like you know that they're poisoning it, but he doesn't know. And you're like, well, what? So I, I'm just gonna watch this. I like, if I didn't know he was, they poisoned him. Maybe that would have been a better twist in the movie. But I'm, I'm already in on it. Are you talking about in the original or the remake or both? In the remake, in the, in the original, I think that they don't tell you, but in the remake, they do. I uh, thought it was like fine. It's like a weird movie, right? It's very, yeah, it's very weird. It, it's, it's funny very, though. It's funny too. All the the sexual tension between all of the women and. Uh, What's his name? Colin Firth. I always mix them up. Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Yeah. Colin Farrell. It's hilarious. It's actually very accurate about what, you know, being around a bunch of women would be like, like they, they, they all get mad at you. Cause doesn't he kind of get involved with, <laughs> well, that's it for this kinda, episode. Uh, we're no, going to no, delete that like, last five he, minutes. He gets involved with like a lot, but I mean, it's kind of in the theme of like the thing with Will Smith and Jada. Pink. Cause I feel like the thing with Will Smith is like, I think Jada Pinkett has been his downfall. You know how you see that sometimes in pop culture where like you can't a get woman will... Topic. What? <laughs> it doesn't happen all the time because a lot of times women will up will lift up a man, but I've seen it happen where a woman will be a man's downfall. Like literally <laughs> everyone... Uh, this is not... The, the Danny Palmer show is not affiliated with these comments. You've never seen like... What are you talking anyone, about? Anyone who dates or marries the Kardashians like ends up like a fucking wreck. Well, maybe they were a wreck coming into it. <laughs> they probably were, but Johnny Depp, like Amber Heard, like ruined Johnny Depp. Have you been following that? Like Johnny no, Depp was like the coolest, that. greatest guy. Everyone loved him. And then like he married this chick. And then two years later, like he was a psycho that like everyone hated. You know and you're I mean? blaming that on her? 
I don't know anything about this. I don't know. Well, it was when he married her because then like she divorced him and like took him to court and accused him of like beating. I mean, look, well, I'm not saying every he? woman. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't. Th- You're I don't on real thin ice did. with this shit. I no, no, I don't think he, he. There's a recording of him saying you lied about me beating you. And she goes, yeah. Well, maybe you haven't been following. This has been a pop culture. And a a lot of people are saying with Jada Pink, it's the same thing that she's kind of like turned him into this. Like uh, she's emasculated him with a lot of stuff. And like, he sort of lost his mind. I mean, you, you know, that does. And that's what happens in the, in the beloved, right. That like, doesn't he start dating like three of them? And then one, a couple of them get mad. And then like, Amputate. Start. Don't they start like amputating him or something? Like, yeah. don't they like to get revenge? He's flirting with the other one. Yeah. Right. So, but, so why are you acting like I'm so crazy? That's what that whole movie is about. Is it's about? <laughs> but, it's kind of about toxic femininity. What is toxic femininity? Um, I just think this is I, quite a bridge you're trying to scaffold here, and I am not assisting in the labor. Why are you such a what? Like, you can't talk about that certain <laughs> women have like been shitty to men. I mean, that's a pretty broad statement. Like, what are your supporting evidence of, of that? You don't think so? Evidence? What I just gave like five. <laughs> yeah, but like the, all, each of those situations is involving like the complexity of a relationship over years and years. Like, how could you say ascribe it to one simple factor? Well, I do think it's been kind of like established that a lot of people who get involved with Kar- the Kardashian women they end up like going under like something strange happens to them. Wouldn't that have to do more to do with like fame and like? Well, why is it every single one with a larger with presence them? or something? What? Well, I mean, it seems like there's a common denominator. I'm sure like the men are kind of fucked up too, but I do. Th- I'm not making this up. This is a thing that's like been like uh, um, talked about in pop as a pop culture phenomenon. That it's, okay. it's almost like a joke. Like if you date them, like things kind of, you know, fall apart for the, the dudes. The dudes kind of like go nuts or something. I don't, I don't have know. You, have you ever world. dated a woman who was like a little toxic and like maybe? I so. Well, I mean, it's hard to say. I, I just feel like when you talk about I'm not trying to be like overly defensive of women, but I feel like when you're talking about a relationship, there's so many like factors that go into the dynamics of the relationship. And just to say like, oh, you're a girl, you're fucking it up. Like that just seems too simple. I think that I think you're, but there are toxic people. There's toxic men and there's toxic women. Like, okay. Yeah. I agree with that. A woman can be toxic. I, I feel like there's a thing now. You're not allowed to say that a woman is ever not perfect. I, I, no, I've no, dated, no. I've known women who are very toxic and they like, were, you know, you know I don't like broad but, statements. I don't like to say men do this or women do this. I, I feel like a lot of it's very like individual. You think it's broad to say some people are toxic. Yeah, but there's a lot of factors that go into that. It's not just their what's like genitalia between their legs. I'm saying like some environment, people, their childhood. Not, I'm not saying I'm saying both sexes, both men and women are that some people are toxic, but some men and uh, some women. Oh okay, yeah, I agree with that. But I'm just I, but it's I like I guess my gender. point is why is it just why is it always just toxic masculinity? There is toxic you know femininity too. Yeah, I, I don't. I think you're not. I think you. I think I don't know. I just don't know anything about this. You're not what? allowed to say anything about like. <laughs> well, you can only two, say me. two dudes trying to discuss toxic femininity on a podcast broadcast. Well, I, I, what I'm saying is best, there are there are best women forward. out there that are toxic. Like, not every woman is really nice. So, like, look, this is a good example. So, like, 
and in the Oscars at the beginning of the show, Amy Schumer and the other two were like Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall were like, um, oh, Timothy Chalamet, you know, he looks really bad now from the quarantine. And they show J.K. Simmons, you know, that is. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The they show guy, him, or... you know, because he's like bald and like, I guess he's old and they like are like, wow, he looks horrible now. And like the joke was like, that he looks like he shit. Looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> that was okay. But then when Chris Rock makes the joke about Jada Pinkett's hair, like he gets punched in the face. And everyone's like, that's the worst thing you can say. But it's like, you know, alopecia, I know that that's a condition, but that's what men have too. Men lose their hair too. I don't have to tell you this. Hey, oh. But, yeah. um, well, I wonder if they ran that joke by J.K. Simmons beforehand. I mean, they might have, but still, it's like it's just kind of accepted. Like, oh, you can just make fun of a guy for his yeah. appearance. But no, one hundred percent. It's like, how dare you say anything about a woman not being a goddess, princess? You know? Yeah. No, I, I just I, don't. You know, and I, you know, whatever. I think that that's, <clears throat> you know, when fat shaming, like you can't fat shame people. It's like you can still fat shame guys. <laughs> yeah well i think the underlying factor about that that social moray is that women have a lot of pressure on them to ad- adhere to this social standard and they're, they're supposed to spend way more time getting ready and looking nice and then for them to put all that effort into it and have all that pressure and then some dude's like oh you're ugly like that on top of that seems unfair i mean yeah i guess so but i mean i do feel like men put effort into how they look too i don't think it's just yeah but we don't have the same social pressures to look a certain way i don't know though i mean if some if a dude's ugly like you know <laughs> they get shit people are mean to them <laughs> oh 100 good looking guys get more you know favorable attention i, I don't know it's just kind of um no you're right i, I didn't mean I... to you know you you know you have that um thing of you know you 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 lost your hair but like you you make it work thanks bro but do you like um why how why are some people not able to make that work uh i don't know i mean i work out a lot that probably helps a little bit yeah i'm not saying i'm such a specimen but i mean that's definitely like i feel like since i started working out way more consistently in in the past like five to eight years I probably started to look better because of that versus when yeah. I first moved up here, I was like kind of pudgy. If I look back at those old pictures and I didn't keep my hair close cropped, I was kind of pudgy. I just didn't look as, I didn't look that great. And now I feel like I've, I've learned how to keep, how to take care of my body better and how to like, you know, shave yeah. my head better, take care of my hair, quote unquote better. So like, and not like to get it, smart like, about it. What would, you know, you know, people don't, um, you know, that's like a, a, a hard thing that men have to deal with. You know what I mean? That's common. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it sucks because then everybody's like, oh, bald. Da, da, da. My dad was bald and people would get him like little placards when we were growing up. Like God made so many perfect heads. The rest he gave hair. And he was like, you know what? I'm not offended by it. Like I, I, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Just like the same joke over and over. It just gets old. Like it's all right. Great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Bald joke. Like, can we move on? Like what else is there to talk about here? Yeah, I guess. I guess what you just you have to do is just. um buzz your hair and i i think that's probably the better route too than instead of like what people the lengths people go to to like get up you know operations and stuff 
yeah for their oh, hair like, like hair plugs and plants and stuff and yeah plants. right it usually doesn't so come out that great yeah I'm, I'm not doing that shit until they get it figured out way better in like 10 years would you do that no Ricky, wait, I Ricky think he... thinks I should get like a long flowing mane of hair and just like I just show up one day or like after pandemic I just show up the long flowing mane of hair and if anybody says anything to me about it I get tight I'm like what are you fucking kidding me my hair there's nothing changed oh yeah yeah that would be funny. I'm really defensive yeah. about it like a hair hair traps <laughs> hair trigger whatever yeah yeah so wait yeah speaking of Ricky so what you guys were just in Denver yeah dude it was so fun Ricky we he um he had five shows at Comedy Works Denver which is like I'd never. Been. Have you been to Denver? I've been to Denver, but I've not. I've never done comedy there. It's dude. It is like a, the mecca of comedy. It is insane how cool that place is. It's like this. It's probably seats like two hundred to three hundred people, and it's like almost like a mini amphitheater. The way the seats go up, and like the seats are almost all the way around the stage, and there are people on the stage, and then the laughter is just like right in your face, and the crowds love all the jokes. They don't. They don't care about inappropriate. It's like this warm, receptive. It, it yeah, was honestly like cool. one of the greatest three days of my entire life. We did how many shows did you do? Uh, one Thursday, two Friday, and two Saturday, and they were all sold out. And honestly, bro, like I'm not bragging, but like all of us crushed from beginning to end, all five shows. I've never seen anything like that. And it's and weed's legal there, right? So you guys must have just did you just party the whole time? Yeah, I mean, we didn't party too crazy because we wanted to like keep our shit together for the shows. But yeah, we had fun. I mean, yeah. Like, um, Benny D emceed, then I opened, then Julio featured, and then Ricky closed. And we just did that order for wow. five shows in a row. And honestly, bro, all five shows, there were zero lulls. All, I've, all five shows were killer wall to wall. It was crazy. It was literally crazy. Yeah, that uh, that's awesome. Yeah, like when you go... Um outside of new york and you do like a you know a good club it's like it's weird because it almost feels like like cheating or something you're like what is this it's weird people are like actually listening and like into it yeah i felt like i was, I was writing down my little like notes on my phone like how it felt and not that this is like 100 true but i feel like in new york it's like okay that joke's over we liked it for a second what else you got and in denver they were like why are you rushing to the next joke we think that idea is funnier than you think it is give us a minute to enjoy it so then I just yeah. started like being more calm and natural and letting the laughs go for a second. And then I was performing better because I was letting the laughs go naturally. Yeah. And they were and so many of the me, shows... I was performing better because they were supporting me. It was like this uh, mutually beneficial symbiotic relationship. It was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. It's great. And then like, you got to go back and do it. Have you done a show here? Yeah. Since no. you got back? <laughs> and then you got to go back right. to New York and be like, is there any way I can do that five minutes? Yeah, I mean, you you start realizing. I mean, a lot of you know, New York crowds are uh, like for the most part are, are rough. Depends on the club, but you know, most of them are. They're just you know they're they're they have a lot more like attitude. A lot of times, like entitlement, and you know, they're not there for you know. There's like a politeness if you go other places. It depends on where you go, but where they're like. They actually like will respect the comedian. You know what I mean? They're kind of yeah. like and they're into it. Um, Ricky was making fun of me because like the first day we got there, I walked around with Julio and the, our friend uh, Zach and we went over by Coors Field and I got a picture in front of Coors Field. And then so Ricky would make fun of the audience. He's like, Danny is so old that he went to the ballpark and got a picture in front of the ballpark by himself. He's like, there wasn't even a game. He's like, he's so old. <laughs> he's like, Danny collects coins. And I, I kept, I was looking at the crowd. I was like, I don't collect coins, dude. <laughs> Wait, did Zach go up too? No, it was a different Zach. Oh, oh. Julio's um, manager. 
Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, dude, it was um, it was so badass, man. I did a show in Florida. Top five life that experience was, that was shitty <laughs> last weekend. No, when I I don't I don't know when it was. Oh, in Denver, it was like I did those two Atlanta shows. That one of them was like not that. Good. One of them was like they both were packed, and but the first one was like kind of a shitty. Like I, I did a that's an I did a, a joke and they kind of got mad. They thought it was like me. I do a joke about that just for men hair uh, beard dye, you know, and like, you know, wh- why do they say it's you know why do they have to clarify a beard dye is just for men? And um, <laughs> they like sometimes it's weird that I've done that joke for a few years and you know it, it usually does well, but the last year it crowds have gotten mad at it like that like it's mean to women or something like oh it's like it's not supportive of trans rights or something well that it's making fun of a woman who would have a beard you know like oh you know it's like if you're a woman with a beard like you know having gray in your beard is like the fifth problem you have um but a lot of women with beards (laughs) right women with beards a, a protected class I, I mean, I think it just goes well, along with everything. Like, you can't say anything about a woman not being like, like, how dare you say a woman would be like ugly? With uh, you know, a, a bearded woman, a bearded uh, woman is beautiful. I see like, what, you're saying. what? No. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a beard. A woman with a beard is like not. First of all, it's not very common. That's kind of the joke, but it's not an attractive thing on a woman. Um, but that's mean. I heard somebody say in a podcast, what these wokesters need is a war. Like if, if someone if there was war that came to our shores, do you think people would be so upset about the, these little like minor <laughs> I feel like there is a squibbles, war and it's like squibbles? not even Squabbles? it's not isn't there a war going on? And I mean I know we're not in but it. But I mean like if we like, had a war, then it would be all this less the woke fascination would turn to can you guys help make some bullets? <laughs> like I think like the woke thing, whatever, like I was at first it, you know, I guess it started out as kind of a positive thing, but it's just become like, you just can't say anything like, I, you know, and it's, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like Caitlyn Jenner, remember you couldn't say anything about Caitlyn Jenner. I think that's changing because everyone's kind of turning on Caitlyn Jenner. It's like conservatives kind of like a shithead. <laughs> like, isn't she like going to like Fox? Like, but I don't know. Remember when you couldn't say anything bad about Caitlyn Jenner just because she was a woman i like th- that became weird um but wait can i tell you, I, I i never I, it's my fault but i never finished the bruce the, the bruce willis thing that article that i read today apparently in recent years he started to do more like b movie he has like he has 10 movies in post production and the last two were like b movies i'm like why is he shifting to doing 10 to 12 b movies what is that why would he do that is I, it because of the aphasia because the aphasia like forgot that he was like had already signed on to do a movie like <laughs> or like um, he, his if his facilities aren't there he can do movies that aren't as good i don't well, know yeah I, I remember i started noticing that like six years ago like he would the movies he was in were like these like kind of generic action movies that like i'd never heard of and i'd never really seen released like they wouldn't get released they, I mean, I don't know if you've been following, but like movies are like, you know, movies have been losing their, um, like their allure or their kind of like their grandiosity that they used to have. They're not like most movies are bad. Like being being in a movie isn't like this huge thing anymore. Remember when movies were such like a, 
a big deal and they, they were held in such high esteem. They're not as esteemed as they were. So like, and they're being completely, you know, destroyed by streaming, like TV and streaming is like where the good things are now. So, um, so but why would he do that though? I think because he was so like, he was a movie star for so long. And I think the movies he could get just weren't that good anymore, but he just really after all that doing shit. Yeah, I think like oh. I feel like his career kind of went to shit a little bit. What the fuck? Because that's be, but it's it's kind of an interesting thing because it kind of shows like no matter what, like no one is immune to it. Like for the most part, no matter who you are, no matter what how, what height, it's going to go away at some point. You know what I mean? Fucking so, a. I think that's why I like stand up. Yeah, but it's what that's why I like stand up because you can always control your act. Yeah, but I mean even stand up. I mean you can like lose your skills at that. This is an interesting thing. So Louis C.K. I guess just won a Grammy. Oh yeah. Best album. And everyone's like mad about it. Cause sincerely cause he, like raped that. everyone. What? Yeah. Did you, did you watch it? The Grammys or his special, or his, his special. I, the one that he won for, I think was the one that came out during quarantine. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Which I, th- I thought came out, in 2020 but i I don't know but um i think i I had watched the last one that he released like maybe like in december and i didn't think it was that good i mean it was good but it wasn't like that great sincerely was fine what do you think of that you know people are like in an uproar because they're like how dare why would they give it to him i mean there's other you know look i louis ck is great he's great but like there's other comedians that are deserving of that, that are that are good. Why do they have to give it to him again? You know what I mean? That's my main issue with it. It's not like he's canceled, he shouldn't ever, but it's like it was good, but it wasn't like insanely good. You know what I mean? Like there were other specials. I mean, I, I don't know, I didn't see the other specials, but I'm sure there's another comedian who's just as funny as he, you know what I mean? Like, why him again? This reminds me of John Baptiste's acceptance speech at the Grammys. He's like, I believe in my core of my being that there is no such thing as best artist, best song, best album. Like, it's all it's political in some respects, like what you pick, right? Yeah, which which is true. But it's weird that the Grammys, you know, and I don't know if the Grammys, people always kind of have issues with the Grammys. They always seem like they're always kind of out of touch in a way. Like I remember there was a years ago, there was a year where like Steely Dan won like everything and people were like, what the, why is Steely Dan winning everything? Who the fuck is Steely? Like, are they even still around this? And it was in like 2000, it was like in 2000. Um, But it's the same as the Oscars. Like it feels very, like they're not very in touch with what's, you know, with, with the new things. Like the fact they gave it to Louis C.K. I have no problem with whatever he jerked off in front of people. Like, whatever like if he's funny he's he, you know he's funny but his special wasn't like so much better i can i, I guarantee you I, I saw a special that i thought was funnier than his and it wasn't like it, it was it was like not nearly as good as what he had done in the past why were we still giving it to him or why are they still giving it to him Right. Like what is you the criteria? I mean? Do they how much comedy do they watch? Like you and I watch a lot of comedy. Do the do the voters for the Grammys comedy albums watch as much they as they probably as don't. I, do? I bet you they don't. I think probably that that's the right? problem. I think that they yeah. probably were just like Louis C.K., yeah, he was always the big one. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's bring him back in the fold. Yeah. 
Like Nate Bargatze was it. up for it. I don't. I, I didn't him. see Nate Bargatze's special, but I mean, I'm sure it was just as funny. Like, I why not it. It give great. it to him? Tennessee kid, I think it was. That's great, um, um, dude. I feel like we should stop because I don't trust my computer's recording. Okay, capacity. yeah, let's stop. On that. <laughs> so I'm glad that um, Louis C.K. finally got the recognition he deserves <laughs> after all these years. Finally. Um, <laughs> But it's kind of like I remember one time I was saw some interview with someone. It was like a, a biography of Jennifer Lopez. And they're interviewing some, you know, pop culture expert. And they're like, you know, something about Jennifer Lopez. They're like, you know, Jennifer Lopez, she doesn't get enough credit for, you know, this thing that she does for her singing. And I was like, Yeah, that's the problem with J Lo. She doesn't get in people aren't giving her enough credit for things. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I think J Lo's fine with how much credit she's getting. I feel like everyone's worshiping worshiping her for everything she does. Yeah, you're a massively talented singer and actor, but yeah, you're not getting the that's winning accolades every, in every category. Like it's like someone really just said Jennifer Lopez doesn't get enough credit. Like, <laughs> yeah, when is she going to finally break out of that you know obscure mold? When are people yeah. going to finally give her her due? She's got Jenny from the block and she was an out of sight. Like she's been crushing it for quite some time. Yeah. And this was like at the height of her career. Things were, things were just fine for her. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she's going to make it. Dude, I really want to, I, I want to watch out of sight again. I, I thought out of sight was such an excellent movie. I haven't seen it in so long. That's really interesting. I watched it last summer. I'd never seen it. And I was like, and I remember I was like, eh, I, don't, I don't know what the big deal is. And then I rewatched uh, it in Atlanta and I was like, wow, this is a really good movie. Right. Oh, it's okay. I don't, it, it was weird. It was one of those things. I don't know if you ever had that where like, I'll see a movie and at first it doesn't grab me. And then I see it again. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is really, I, when I watched it again, I was like, this is a really, really good movie. It's, you know what it is? It's, um, it's very, uh, similar to Pulp Fiction kind of in story and like kind of like edginess and grittiness. But it's it's really interesting because it's Steven Soderbergh. So oh, you can right. see the differences between Tarantino's directing style and Soderbergh's directing style because Tarantino, because the team behind Out of Sight is the same team behind Pulp Fiction. And they were they came out around in terms of like yeah. producing and like and and stuff like that. So like Tarantino is a very like in your face gritty um kind of filmmaker. You know what I mean? He's very like explicit and, and with violent. And Soderbergh is a lot more subtle. Cuz Out of Sight is an edgy movie with kind of like dark things to it, but Soderbergh makes it less 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 in your face and like hardcore does that make any sense like yeah like Soderbergh isn't in like showing you a bunch of violence like there's not a lot of violence or sex in that movie but bad things happen in the movie Tarantino is very like oh we're gonna show you how bad this is like right when gets killed there's blood all over the back seat yeah um but no it's out of sight's really good actually I was very um it's weird though I didn't see it the, the first time I didn't I didn't think it was that good, but now I, I like it. Yeah, I want to get blazed and watch it again. What are your uh, handles? Uh, at Tom McCaffrey seven two two. I'm on TikTok at Tom McCaffrey comedy, and then um, Twitter is Tom McCaffrey. And oh, last exit to Brooklyn and Plot Smokers. Fuck yeah, dude! Should do uh, Plot Smokers again. Let's point. do it. Let's Maybe do it out of sight. 
Oh my god, I would love to do out of sight. I do it. I'll do that. Okay, I have to be should... really high when I watch it, or really high. No, when you don't have to. It. You know, you but you you should get high. But I think it'll be more what I've been doing lately is like you don't have to describe it. You just we can kind of like you know dissect it. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Because that's a good like kind of nuanced movie that yeah has a lot of layers to it. So you've shifted from your approach of interrogating and berating me about Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off. I think it um I think it works sometimes if you know. <laughs> if someone really gets really high and is bad, bad at describing things, but I also feel like it can work too. If like people are just high and you know, when you get high, you, you kind of like delve into a movie a lot deeper than you would. If you weren't high, you'll see kind of Ooh. layers to it. You know what I mean? Dude. Yes. Let's do it. I love it. That both of us watching it again. Sounds awesome. And talking about it. high sounds awesome too. Yeah. So, cause okay. I, I do like to do that. I, I, I'm very into like getting into the, 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 themes behind movies and like what they mean you know what i mean what they represent and the the details of it that most people wouldn't pick up on um because i you know the best movies are the ones that like they're 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 saying there's like a meaning behind it that not everyone is aware of it's like what i mean yeah it's like great literature yeah yeah so yeah Awesome, bro. Anyway, we'll do that. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for fun pod and Tommy. And we're, we'll sign off. We're signing off. We'll just hang up. We'll, we'll text each other and we'll tell each on. other how great we are. Okay. Later. Bye bye. Thanks.